Hello and welcome to another episode of Little Cabin Knits. Today's episode is entitled Filling in the Gaps. I'm your host Emily. I'm a knitter, crafter, crocheter, uh, liver, mother, mental health therapist, stay-at-home mom, ingenuitive thinker in my home state of Alaska. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you guys enjoy. Today's segments include introduction, which is what we're doing now, (laughs) administration, on the shelf, on the couch, roaming and foraging, homesteading, around the campfire. So sit back with a cup of your choice. Thank you so much for joining me. And let's talk about life and crafting and how we're just managing all of that in our world. Administration. Well, my friends, welcome to the year 2024. I remember when I was a child growing up in the 80s, thinking that even the 2000s was so far away. And now here we are in 2024. It's just astounding to me. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like uh, my world has changed 100%. Well, I mean, I know it has changed 100%, but I'm just thinking about technology since the 80s. Um, but we're not where I thought we would be, like everybody was telling us we would be. I thought we'd be going around in flying cars. And yes, we do have prototypes of flying cars and all this kind of stuff, and cars that can transition from going on the water to driving on land to then flying. We have got prototypes for all this, but you know what? I'm still driving a Dodge minivan <laughs> that takes gas. <laughs> and so, you know, in that way, I'm a, I'll admit, I'm a smidge disappointed. Yep. But my friends, my name is Emily. I'm your host. You can find me on the interwebs as Anders Mill Knits. You can find me on Instagram and Ravelry as that. I'm kind of contemplating changing my name because Anders Mill Knits doesn't really fit me anymore. And I've got a little bit of baggage with that name that I'd like to change. It has nothing to do with you all. You all are marvelous. I love you. It has to do with my personal life outside of knitting. <laughs> so I've been contemplating changing it. And I don't know what I would change it to. I mean, I, I guess I would just change it to little cabinets or something. I don't know. We'll see. So for now, it's staying. But you would have noticed that in the introduction, the segments, some of them were familiar. Some of them weren't familiar to you. And some of them were out of order. And that is because I am doing a reboot. I feel like it's a reboot. I don't know. With 2024 and the whole podcast. I've been contemplating it for a while now and you guys would have noticed that I changed one of the segments when I talk about my personal life uh, I changed it to around the campfire a couple months back and there's another segment that I have that is that has been called personal skill set in which I talk about mental health a lot or I do an interview or I talk about a knitting technique Um, and so that hasn't really felt, I've never liked the name of that segment. In fact, every time I've said it, it always makes me cringe inside. And so I changed it to roaming and foraging. And the reason why I did that was because we roam through our mental health lives and thoughts. And we forage and we gather all of these materials um, and skills and coping skills and uh, with our knitting, our mental health, our, our life in general, 
And so I, I just kind of felt like that was really more in keeping with the what my podcast is about. So I renamed that to Roaming and Foraging. I also renamed A Time for Huga to Homesteading. And that reason is, is because I wanted to expand on this topic of Huga. I didn't want to just talk about like, oh, how can you integrate Huga into your life? But I want to see how you, how I've integrated into my life. And that, in, for me, uh, that encompasses so many more things. So it encompasses things like my canning or gardening, my, um, my recipes. I'm, you know, I'm really teaching myself to cook in this past year. I've ne- I mean, I'm 42 years old and I've never really had this skill in my life and I'm gaining it slowly but surely and and what these things mean to me so uh it's really all about hominess instead of just like huga I guess I I mean to me huga means hominess but I kind of just wanted to rename the segment to homesteading so it could encompass a, a whole bunch more into that area so And then I switched the personal side of things from the podcast, from the front of the podcast to the end of the podcast. And I hope you will enjoy that. In that way, if you don't want to stick around for that part of the segment, you can stop listening to the episode altogether. You don't have to scroll forward. Um, And if you want to stick around, you totally can. So yeah, Around the Campfire is now at the end of the podcast. And I think for now I'm taking out Contemplation Corner, which is uh, the thought of the podcast just for just a little while. Um yeah, it's kind of hasn't felt very organic to have that in there. And so I think it's best to just go ahead and and let that retire for a little bit. So that is how things are going. Otherwise, as far as administration, nothing new to report except for thank you so much to the sponsors of this podcast, Charming You. Um, I am currently working on a project with my latest Charming You acquisitions, and you guys will hear, hear about that in just a moment. On the shelf. Well, my friends, I have two projects done for this episode. The first one I completed on New Year's Eve. That was my goal and I saw it through. Now, when I last spoke to you, I had cast on the rye socks for Mr. Radio for Christmas. And I had said in that episode that there's no way in my imagination I could finish these in time. So I said I was going to put them in his stocking and he could (laughs) unwrap it and see, oh, yay, it's a partially finished sock. Hooray. (laughs) So I did exactly that. I was on the leg of the first sock. I was actually literally about to turn for the heel and I stopped because I thought, oh, I'll just stop here and then he can open it up. And I am so glad that I did. Thank you, my darling. Jimmy is feeding me, by the way, for you listeners. Um, So I stopped there. And when Mr. Radio opened it up, I explained to him what it was. Um, It was double thick. Well, really just, you know, DK weight, uh, worsted, uh, 100% alpaca socks. So uh, what I was doing is, is I was holding it double <clears throat> the, um, let me see here, the Knit Picks Alpaca Cloud Fingering. I held that double in the colorway Anna. And so I told him, I'm, I'm needing you really warm socks. And, he, and so he, he was like, oh, that's so wonderful. And then 
thank you so much. And then later in the day, he came back to me. He said, you know, honey, I love your socks that you make for me. But really what I need right now are fingerless mittens because I'm so cold driving to work in the morning. And it's just, I, I can't wear my mittens that you made me before because I can't grip the wheel. So he, he was just like, could you make me make these into fingerless mittens instead of socks? I was like, oh, my husband is a genius. Of course I can. So I ripped back a little ways because obviously I had way too much leg. Uh, I mean, I had the full leg knit up. Um, and that was going to be way too much for the wrist and cuff, if you will. And so I ripped back, I think about two and a half inches. And starting, started knitting the increases for the thumb hole. So what it ended up happening was, is I kept the theme of the rye socks but I changed them into fingerless mitts. So I named them barley mitts. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot I had my mic on. So I named them barley mitts. And uh, my husband, I finished these on Chris, uh, New Year's Eve. That was, my, that was my rule for myself. I wanted to cast on something extra special on New Year's Day, but I w told myself I couldn't unless I had these fingerless mitts done for Mr. Radio. And so I literally cast them off like at 10.30 p.m. or so on New Year's Eve. And he loves them. He wears them every day. He wears them all day long. He's out there shoveling snow um, on our walks with our little kiddo and, our, and Watson. He's wearing them. He wears them to work. All of his co-workers have been asking him about them. And he proudly shows them off and tells them who made them, i.e. me. And we've already got requests from other of his co-workers for me to make them things. And I I felt like a jerk when I said this, but I told my husband that, you would have, that he would have to tell them that uh, right now I am not able to knit anything for his co-workers. And I felt really bad doing that. But it was so easy to change this up. I have knit so many fingerless mitts. I don't need a pattern. I know how to do thumb gusset increases. I just needed to be aware of the right and the left mitt because we wanted the uh, rye part, the, you know, the actual patterning part of the mitts to be on the outside on both mitts. So I just needed to pay attention to where I was inserting the th thumb increases. And I also really wanted to pay attention to, I have a tendency to make my thumb gussets too tight. And so I wanted these to be plenty big. And so um, the thumb increases... Uh, I started out with, you know, reserving back, so let's see, I, I, two stitches I reserved back from the original sock pattern, and then I cast on two stitches to bridge that gap. I don't know if that makes sense. When I put the thumb increases on hold. Um, but I increased uh, for the thumb to have 20 stitches for each thumb. And then when I knit the thumb... I actually repeated the the cuff and the top of the mitt ribbing detail on the thumb. So it all matches. So I've got one by one ribbing on the cuff, one by one ribbing at the end, and one by one ribbing on the thumb. And the the, the main body of the mitts were knit in US size threes. And the ribbing pieces were knit in U.S. size two and a half or three millimeter. And so that worked out so well. I am so proud of these. They're so soft. 
I love them to bits. I'm seriously contemplating knitting myself some as well because I have the same situation. Um, when I'm out with Jimmy giving, taking him for a walk, he likes to hold on to my fingers, but he can't hold on to my fingers when I wear my mitts mittens but then when I'm wearing my mitten when I'm not wearing my mittens my fingers get very cold very quickly by the way Jimmy is wearing mittens as well they're just not hand knit because I don't know why they just seem to fall off of him so quickly so friends of ours gave us some little toddler mittens that have thumbs in them so Jimmy can have full dexterity so he's wearing those those mittens and he's trying to hold on to one or two of my fingers when we're walking but he can't do it when I have my mittens on. So <clears throat> I have fingerless mittens around this house. I have knit a lot of them. Uh, but I would say all but maybe one pair of the, all the ones that I've knit over the years have been gifts for other people. And so I can't, and now I can't find my one pair that I have for myself. So um, I'm seriously contemplating casting on another one, a pair for me. Which, as we're having this conversation, I am remembering I saw my little brother the other day, and he was wearing the fingerless mitts I knit for him about six years ago. They were so tatted and worn, and he, but he's taken such good care of them. He wears them every day, he tells me. They are the most comfortable things, and he loved the colorway. It was this variegated yarn. I can't even remember where I got it. But it had some acid green in it and some gray. And it was very much my little brother, Zach. Um, so I need to knit him a new pair. And since his birthday is coming up in May, his birthday is actually the day after Jimmy's birthday. Um, I might be putting that on my to-do list for his birthday. So that is the first thing I have finished. The second thing I have finished is the cutest thing in the whole world. Oh my gosh, it makes me so happy. I, <clears throat> again, on our walks, um, I just don't feel like Jimmy is warm enough ever, ever. I'm always worried about that, especially when it gets down to like two degrees or the negative digits. And Jimmy is an outside boy. He loves to be outside. He gets pretty darn mad when we come in, no matter how cold he is and no matter how long we've been outside on our walks. He gets really mad and has a little tantrum. And I just have to weather the storm and let him just kind of calm down and realize, you know, like, hey, we can transition into doing something else that's fun. But because of that, I wanted to knit him something warm for his for his legs and so I was just on the Barocco website the other day having an absolute love affair looking through their free patterns oh my gosh there's so many oh I could knit for the rest of my life just off of the Barocco free patterns easily easily I there are so many sweaters Amy Christoffers or Christopher's I can't remember how she says her name she is one of their stock designers, and it always tells you if Amy Christophers has written a certain pattern on there. And uh, like so many beautiful sweaters, shawls. Some some of the shawls and some of the sweaters very much remind me of um, late '90s, but m for the most part, they are just amazing. Anyway, so I was having a love affair on there, and I came across a pattern for hand knit pants for babies and toddlers. 
heard me. Hand knit pants. <laughs> the pattern is called Billy. It was so easy, so quick. I cast this on this last Friday, which was the 12th, I want to say. Yes. And I cast it off yesterday, which was the 15th of January. That's how quick I knit it. I knit the 2T size because the little bugger here is, um, the bugaboo, is growing out of his 18-month size clothes rapidly. And, in fact, I swear, Jimmy has grown majorly just in the past weekend. Like, uh, yeah, it's kind of, right now, for instance, he's in a 2T pajama set because I just don't have enough regular 2T clothing for him to wear during the day right now. And he's pretty much grown. In, oh, look at you. He's pretty much grown out of all of his 18 months. You are amazing, my love. How did you fit that in there? He's putting blocks in his mouth and showing me. So I cast on this beautiful pattern. I cannot speak hi more highly of it. It is the sim most simplistic pattern out there. Oh, look at that. Uh, like, there's no frills to it at all. There's just what you need to make the pair of pants. And that's it. And, uh, well, actually, that's a lie. Because at the end of the pattern, they actually have all the measurements going around, both widthways and lengthways, for all the different sizes, which I found very, very helpful because I, I uh, measured out Jimmy. And that's what, where I came to the conclusion, yes, 2T for sure he needs to wear. But I had, yes, um, I had a skein of Loops and Thread Baby Cuddles in the colorway blue in my stash. Now, this is 100% acrylic, right? We're not, <clears throat> we're not searching for anything majestic here. Um, in my stash, and I said, all right, well, according to this pattern, I might be a little short on the yardage. I do have a coupon to go and get another skein of 40% off. So I did that the other day. Turns out I did not need it at all. I had, I have exactly three grams left of the one skein of Loops and Threads Baby Cuddles knit in the 2T size for the pattern. So that means, I'm just gonna say it, I knit, uh, it, this pattern for 2T was 315 yards or 113 grams. I mean, 110 grams if you minus my tiny little scrap that I had left over of three grams. So uh, I wove in the ends last night. Um, this weekend I had a TV marathon of that Peacock show Traitors or The Traitors. I'm not really sure what it is. I watched the entire first season. I was obsessed. And I was just knitting, knitting, knitting on this and watching that and just absolutely loving it. Um, and as a result, I have this done. Now, I just need to pop these in the wash because they are acrylic, so I can put them in the wash on gentle cycle and then in the dryer on low heat and they will not shrink. They will actually come out feeling better even than they feel now, which is super lovely. Now, as far as acrylic yarn goes, yes, I'm knitting a lot with acrylic yarn but mainly for Jimmy. I would not knit an actual pullover sweater for myself in acrylic yarn because it would be way too hot. 
I would not knit an entire... Well, maybe I would knit a blanket out of acrylic yarn. Because you could easily take that off if it got too hot. But there are just certain things that I feel like acrylic yarn is really good for. One of the things it's really good for is a layering piece. Especially for youngins. You know, you, and you want something that's hard wearing. That you don't... That you're, it's not too precious of a wool. Yes! And because, for a number of factors, one, they're not, they're pretty darn hard on their clothing, and two, they grow out of them so quickly. So while I would love to sit here and be one of those people that has their son decked out in hand-knit, uh, independently dyed, 100% merino wool, sweaters, scarves, hats, um, now pants, mittens, all those good things, the reality is that that is the most impractical thing I could ever do as a mother, and I won't do it. <laughs> so I'm very happy to have fallen in love with a certain number of acrylic yarn makers out there and, and to knit that. Now, would I knit a sweater, maybe a pullover sweater, out of an acrylic yarn that says has, like, woolies thick and quick? It, I think it has, like, 20% wool in it. I might do that. I don't know. Uh, it, it would be interesting for me to see. Would I knit an entire sweater of it as my very first project out of it? No, because that's a huge commitment. And what if the pullover sweater is like the 100% acrylic yarn and it makes me sweat and I can't breathe and I feel like I'm choking in it? Wouldn't do it. Um, I might knit, say, a hat in it so I could gauge it. Um, but I do have a sweater's quantity of Knit Picks Brava Sport that is 100% acrylic, that I do have plans to knit, I mean, to crochet a cardigan out of. And I think that's going to be great. So, yeah. Anyway, those are my two finished objects, and that is on the shelf. On the couch. As much as I want to talk to you about my New Year's Eve cast on first, we're going to talk about Oldest Whips first. really only have one that I'm going to talk about that's an older whip that I cast on. Oh man, did I cast this on before I last podcasted or not? But I can't remember. Um, I knit the Alaska hat, number one, for a friend of mine who moved to Seward uh, right before Christmas, like the week before Christmas. And I was knitting, and I cast on for a second Alaska hat for another friend of mine. And then that other friend of mine came back and said, you know, I'll probably never wear this. So don't worry about it. Don't, don't make it for me. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm already, I've got the ribbing done, the, the brim done, and I'm halfway through the charts for the snowy uh, trees. <laughs> but thank you for telling me, I guess. Uh, so I just actually put that aside. As soon as my friend told me that, I was just like, well, okay, I guess there's no point in knitting this. But, um, this second Alaska hat that I have on the needles, I knit the brim in a, a gray. I'm thinking this is a Miss Babs, but I'm not positive. It's a, it's a scrap yarn. I, I knit something out of it years ago. And I've just had the, the, the leftovers sitting in my stash. And then I just filled up a, can you hear it? The, uh, I just filled up a gallon Ziploc bag with all kinds of different scraps of different colors. Plus the, the, um, 
the white that I used in the last hat um, to knit this hat. So, so again, the contrasting color that is the trees is in white. I did about four rows of a green for the foresty floor. Then I've transitioned into a blue for the background and then I'm just gradiating up until I reach a point where I want to start my Aurora colors again. And I will decrease. So I'm about halfway through the chart. Let's see, I'm on line 20 and it's a 35 round chart for the trees. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. This is, um, let me remind myself here. Um, let me see. So this is knit on a 3.5 millimeter needle for the hat and the ribbing is knit on a three millimeter. So I think that's a two and a half and a four, I believe in US sizes. I'm terrible at those conversions, really terrible at it. But that is the only thing that I knit on, besides from the things that I taught that are finished objects, that was the only thing that I knit on until Chris, I mean, New Year's Day, I cast on the most epic project this love affair and I'm sure hope I'm gonna love it my my sister and my nieces say that I look beautiful in it I feel like it's a little bit all right first let's just stop let's just stop let's stop Emily let's just start from the beginning start from the beginning it's a very good place to start all right for a couple years now <clears throat> I have wanted to have a pullover sweater or any kind of sweater cardigan a pullover I didn't care um, of, uh, using the granny stitch and in fingering weight, not sport, not DK, not worsted fingering weight. This is a very tall order. Uh, really not at all easy to find. In fact, I really, to tell you the truth over the last, uh, I mean, this one just came out this year. Uh, the pattern that I'm actually using, it's a pullover. It's called the Granny, the Scrappy Granny Tee by Hooked Hazel. And even this pattern, it wasn't exactly what I wanted. Because the sleeves on this pattern are so freaking big. I know what she was going for. She was going for a short sleeve that was sort of romantic and ruffly and flowed in the breeze and maybe reminded somebody a tiny bit of lace. Who knows, right? What for me came of this was when I tried it on at the sleeves that she recommended, it just looked like I was a linebacker. Like <laughs> it was bad. So I had to re start reworking the pattern and from there reworking be uh, the pattern has become like a master project for me. Uh, but I did find a sweater pattern in fingering weight using the granny stitch. Uh, dude, happy Christmas to me, right? So I, for Christmas this year, I got two advents. One was the advent swap of the, um, um, our Christmas swap that we do for the podcast every year. Now this was the sixth year. I actually got swapped 
with an old friend of mine from Oregon. I was so happy about that. Um, she now lives in Astoria, and she sent me some of the most the prettiest things from Astoria. I just loved it, and some of the greatest yarns. And I'm saving those for a project for Jimmy. So all of those things are earmarked. All of those scraps that she sent me, what no matter what color they are, I've earmarked for Jimmy. Now what that will be, I'm not really sure. What are you doing, Jim Bean? <laughs> I have the sweetest, happiest boy. Let me tell you. <laughs> He just makes himself laugh. <laughs> um, but I also received, as a swap, I mean, not a swap. It wasn't a swap at all. Uh, you guys have heard me talk about Charming You ad nauseum. Maureen of Charming You, one of my favorite people in the whole world. Like the most generous at heart persons. I, I defy you to meet a more generous person. So she's been a sponsor of the podcast for a couple years now. <clears throat> and the way she sponsors us is that she sends me, whenever she has a special kit, she sends me that special kit. And so that's how she sponsors me. I don't get any money from her, but I get amazing yarn. <laughs> I mean, amazing. And this year I got the... 24 day advent calendar that she made uh each day was a 20 gram skein you heard me 20 gram skein of a, a mini skein and the theme was around the world and for christmas and it was like opening these things up every day was the best gift uh, you know, you guys know me. I'm terrible at social media, so I think maybe I posted twice. But um, every day was so special to me, opening these up and then looking at the city that it correlated with and seeing how Maureen's mind worked. Where is my postcard of that? I don't remember where my... I know I have it still. But I got a beautiful bag that... Um, is it by the same lady? Let's see. I can't, I can't, I, I'm assuming it's by the same lady, but, oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, Button and Boo. This is, and this lady, Button and Boo, she does not make bags to sell normally. She only makes bags for Maureen's kits. So I think I have every single one from the past couple years. That button and boo has created and i love every single one it is a bucket uh bucket project bag inside it has four pockets which come extremely handy and then a um a land no is it a lanyard i, I guess it's a lanyard with a zippered you hear that a zippered pouch attached to it that is just absolutely perfect for just a few things. I can fit my uh, stitch markers in there. I can fit one of those round uh, yarn uh, cutters. Not an actual scissors, but round yarn cutters. Or I could fit in one of my... Actually, have I fit this one in? Yeah, I have. Okay. One of my <laughs> measuring tapes that I have. In there and then of course it has the carry around um, 
handle that it detaches as well which i don't know why these things would detach why would you want your handle to detach i don't know but it's a nice little touch regardless and then included in that also i got these gorgeous needle toppers that are in the shape of airplanes makes sense because the the kit is themed around the world and i got three stitch markers one a train one a boat and one an airplane and i love them so much jimmy is obsessed with trains and cars right now and so i'm hoping it will continue to be i just think trains are amazing i'm obsessed with trains and so i have that in here as well from her but every single day i got to open up another beautiful skein from her and she sent me this year the sparkly base which i think she also sent me for the her summer advent as well and i love it so much what I ended up doing, um, the, yeah, actually it was New, New Year's Eve, was I took out all 24 of her mini skeins that she sent me. And I said, I am going to use this for my scrappy granny tea top that I'm going to cast on in the morning. But how am I going to do it? I sat there and I thought about it and I was like, well, I don't want to have huge sections of one color in the sweater. I also don't want it to look uh, striped at all. And I also don't want it to necessarily have a rhyme or reason as to where the colors lie. I want this to be <laughs> a cacophony for the eyes, <laughs> if you will. So I went ahead, the only rule I had actually, when I started this, uh, was that I didn't want a, if at all possible, I, I wanted to, to alternate a variegated colorway with a semi-solid colorway. Turns out, even the ones that I thought were semi-solid are pre pretty much variegated, just within so close in color tones that you wouldn't even, you, you just wouldn't have recognized it when it was in the hank until, and honestly, until you started, ooh, are you okay, honey? Oh, sweetheart. Yeah, that's a price. Oh, my darling. It's all right. Do you want me to kiss it better? No, no, this is Mama's mic. Here, here though. I know, baby boy. Do you want me to pause? He is so mad right now. He's backing slowly away from me. Yeah, it's okay, darling. It's okay. See, my friends, you get what you get with this podcast. That word organic showing up again right here. This whole thing right now is very organic, and I'm not going to edit it out. Yes, it's just a part of life. And I'm accepting. Yes, darling, my love. Yes. It wasn't a hard bonk. It was just, it just startled you. You just stood up too quickly and the table wasn't supposed to be there. Didn't the table know to get out of your way? Huh? Here. No! Look at you. Look at you. Mama's almost done, okay? <clears throat> All right, so my only rule. Getting back to this. <laughs> my only rule was I didn't want a variegated skein colorway next to us, uh, next to each other. I wanted to, to alternate semi-solid colorway with a variegated colorway if at all possible it's all right darling do you want to get in your basket you want to sit in your basket okay you ignore mama so i set to work i 
put I, I got out my skein winder and my, uh, I don't know what they're called. What are they called? Where you, I mean, your ball winder and your um, <laughs> umbrella thing. I don't know. So you put the hank of yarn on. I don't know what it's called. And I just started. My, and oh, yes, and I got out my um, kitchen scale. And what I did was, is I did, uh, I skeined everything up until, actually, Okay, this was a lot com more complicated than I'm now realizing. When I was doing it, it didn't seem that complicated. All right, so what I did was, is I caked up every single 24 ske mini skein into a cake. Then I got out my kitchen scale, and I weighed out the skein, the little mini skeins, uh, mini cakes at this point, on there. And most of them were either 22 or 20 grams. So, again, Maureen's generosity coming through. So my rule was, is that, all right, I will make a magic cake and I will put, I will wind up 10 ounces per mini skein, uh, randomly connecting them through the magic knot loop as I go. And uh, this is not making any sense as I'm talking about it. it. Suffice it to say, I made four incredibly gorgeous magic cake cakes and I have let me go back to my notes here I took a picture of it and wrote it on there exactly how much grams each uh, all four cakes equaled let's see 523 grams of yarn approximately 2300 yards of yarn and then on New Year's Day, I cast on the Granny Stripe Tea, and I cannot put it down. I have actually forced myself to put it down the past few days because Jimmy getting his winter pants was much more important than Emily getting a summer top <laughs> in the middle of winter. Um, but I did not get gauge with this um, pattern with the crochet hooks they asked for. So I, I think they're asking for a four millimeter in this one. And I went down to a 3.5 millimeter and I'm still a little bit oversized to be honest. Um, but I was just going according to pattern. Uh, and then I tried it on once I had separated for the sleeves. And then that's when I realized, oh my gosh, this is atrocious. Um, and so I had to rework the entire pattern. I put in a lot of bust shaping. I am now currently knitting and crocheting down the body and I think I've maybe got maybe four or five more rounds to go before I cast off the body. But I actually don't know what to do. Let's see. There's the sleeves. Okay. So you're just going to slip stitch on the last round. Yeah, I'm making this a lot longer than the pattern calls for. They have like an not an empire waist but it's what do they call it a high-waisted jean and then the sweater would come right at the top of that high-waisted jean no way in hell am I gonna wear that no way oh my gosh that would look so terrible especially after having a baby oh no um so yeah I'm knitting a normal length uh sweater for me and then I think I'm going to pick up the sleeves and knit um uh, crochet down to my elbows and then also I need to pick up the neck because the neck is another problem the neck 
is beyond being a boat neck. It is falling off both my shoulders. <laughs> and I have wide shoulders, my friends. So if you get this pattern, I cast on the normals neckline that they have in here, but she does have instructions for a, let me see exactly the wording she has, a narrower neckline. Um, position changing colors, same, same colors, something, okay. Okay. This top has a wider neckline. If you prefer a smaller neckline, that can easily be achieved by crocheting your foundation round with a hook size 0.5 smaller than you have met with. Boy, howdy, that does not help you at all because you need to actually, in my opinion, the actual stitch count needs to change. But through the course of this sweater, I have learned to how to decrease you within the granny stitch pattern. And so I am just going to pick up the neck and decrease it down until I have it sitting just nicely at my collarbone. So I'm probably going to have to do like another four or five rounds at the neck. So I pretty much have reworked it. It was like the pattern itself is like a template for me. Would I buy another pattern by this lady? I think so. I think so. I'll have to I'll have to think about it. Would I make this sweater again? Yes, but I would have to go off of all the new notes that I have written up for me, not what is in the pattern. But I do love it so much. Be gentle with Bubba. I know you want to play with the doggy. And so that is on my needles, my friends, and on the couch. And I better go and rescue my very old cranky dog from my son at the moment because somebody is having way too fun poking him in the face. Yes, and we don't poke old grumpy doggies in the face. I know. All right. I will talk to you soon. Roaming and foraging. Our very first time doing this one, huh, guys? Okay. So this episode is titled Fill in the Gap. And the reason it's titled Fill in the Gap is because that is what I have taken to be my creative goal for 2024. <clears throat> I have a lot of gaps in my creative life. One of which being I'm not very organized. The other one being I'm missing certain key pieces I feel would be most useful to me in my regular everyday life. And actually, I think those are the, the two things. Oh, yeah. And, and the third one is um, charity knitting. That's been missing in my life for I don't know how long. I can't remember the last time I did any kind of charity knit or crochet. Or so giving back to the community. And so with that in mind, while I was also doing the revamp of the podcast, I started revamping the way I thought about my knitting. And I had ordered on Amazon a series, a packet of extremely cheap like extremely cheap notebooks for my little boy to color in. They're just half sheets. Uh, so they are eight and a half by five and a half. 
If I was still working at my father's print shop, or if my father still owned his print shop, I would have just gone down to the print shop and made these myself, because I could have done it pretty freaking easy. But because I don't do that anymore, and I don't have access to that anymore, I ordered these. I think it was like maybe $10 for a packet of 10 so they're spiral bound. They just have a craft hard uh, cardboard for the covers and then just blank pages inside. And there's about 50 pages in each notebook. So I purloined one of them and I made this my 20... What? No, actually I didn't put a year on it. It just says Emily's Knitting and Crochet Journal. And I started just trying to organize my thoughts. So the first thing I did was I sat down and I took back on the year 2023. And yes, I well, I thought I had all my projects listed in Ravelry. Come to find out I had maybe 60% of them listed in Ravelry from this last year. I still don't have a few of them in there and I haven't even counted them on this handwritten list actually. But um, they were just, uh, I, I, I was just playing around one day with the granny stitch and I like granny stitched myself up a couple of headbands. Um, I didn't write a pattern for them or anything. I just did it on a whim. So I didn't put them, I didn't count them as a finished project in my journal and I didn't count them in Ravelry either. So those two are not counted. But I went ahead and I made a list of every single pattern I did. Uh, every single project I did, I should say. And then, and I numbered them. I put down the date that in which they were completed. And then I put either a K or a C next to them to indicate if they were a knit project or a crocheted project. And this is what I came up with. I knit three sets of mittens. I crocheted or knit three hats or headkerchiefs. I knit th uh, three shawls. I knit one sweater, I knit or crocheted five baby or toddler sweaters, I crocheted up four kitchen sets of the um, scrubby sets, and within each four of those there are uh, four pieces, so that really honestly equals 20 pieces within that four, so honestly I could add 20 to that right there, no wait, is that 16? That's 16, not 20, yeah. I crocheted up five toys and I crocheted one blanket for a total of 28 projects. Of my own designs in this past year, I did five. Those are the, um, the two different headkerchiefs I designed, the um, one each of the small rattle ball and the large rattle ball, the where is it washcloth for Jimmy must have been the other thing I counted as my own design so yeah that makes that make that makes sense okay and what I also discovered was this I knit 14 projects and I crocheted 14 projects for a total of 28 projects isn't that interesting exactly half and half I yeah I'm I'm pretty happy with that. I mean, I knit, I knit or crocheted five toddler or baby sweaters this year. And I made myself a top as well. I, I'm very happy with that. And I made an entire blanket. Now, then I sat there and I looked at that. And I looked at, okay, what do I have left over from last year that I actually cast on last year? 
And how do I feel about them now? So I wrote a, a thing of lips for 2023. And I have five things that I cast on this last year. I have the Scrappy Bias Shawl number two, which is being knit. I have the Little Cabin Pullover Sweater. I have the Lace and Fade Pullover Sweater. I have the Alaska Hat number two, which we just talked about on the couch. And then we have my Battenberg blanket, which is crocheted. Now, there's only one crochet project in all of this. And the two sweaters I have on here, I have marked down that I want to frog them. So I'm going to frog the Lace and Fade by Hohi Locatelli. And I'm also going to frog the Little Cabin sweater. That's the one that had some cables at the beginning or traveling stitches at the beginning at the, on the bottom hem. And then it went into um, straight stocking neck with some baubles sprinkled throughout the body. Uh, and I was knitting that on Lion Brand Fisherman's Wool. I really did not like the way my baubles were turning out. And then when I was holding the sweater up to my body, I was like, holy cow, like baubles on a, my size person, not a good idea, especially these size baubles. So I'm just going to, I'm going to scrap that, but I'm not going to give up on that Lion Brands wool. I need a camping sweater or cardigan. So I'm going to keep that in mind. Camping or hiking, fishing, whatever. I'm going to finish the Alaska hat and I'm definitely finishing the Battenberg blanket and I'm definitely finishing the shawl. So of the five projects, only two of them and both of them are the sweaters on my frogging. I just don't know that I like the construction that Hohi Locatelli has to sweaters. I, she starts at the shoulders, so it's top down, but it's weird. You start knitting on either the back or the front first, back and forth, and then you pick up for the front, and, and then you start working the front, and then you pick or pick that up. I don't know, but there's a couple sweaters I've tried of hers, and they're all of the same construction. I'm like, man, this is way more complicated than it needs to be. Either that or I'm not understanding her genius. I don't know. I just know that for me, it is not the type of construction that I have brain space for or that I have the patience for at this time. Maybe in about five years when I'm more settled in my career and my son is maybe in kindergarten or something, maybe then I will have time for that. But just, nope, don't, don't have the brain space for it. So those are not going to be on my needles. So I'm going to frog those and repurpose the yarns because the yarns on both of those are really beautiful. Then I went through and I made, uh, I, this took a couple pages actually because, yeah, I made a list of all the important dates in my 12-month calendar coming up. And I have quite a lot. <clears throat> I haven't even listed all of my nieces and nephews' birthdays. I have all of my family's birthdays, of course, Jimmy's and my husband's, and I don't even have my in-laws' birthdays in here. Um, but for quite a few of these, I have the desire to make something for these people that I, uh, and these dates that I have in here. And so I, and you know, holidays and stuff. So like I have ha Halloween in here and I've also got Thanksgiving in here, but like I'm going to be able to combine the projects for those two because I, I really want to have some hand knit or hand crocheted pumpkins to decorate my house with. Uh, so those can be combined. But for the most part, uh, 
Yeah, I've got a lot of important dates. A lot. And I want to be aware of those. And to be prepared for those. And to have something for my family member or loved one for those dates. Uh, the two biggest months... Well, actually, maybe there's three big months. And this is just going off of my family. Like I said, I don't have anything in here from my husband's side family yet. I'm waiting for him to get home because I actually just added this one today. Um, May is a huge month for my family. July is a huge month for my family. And December is a huge month, both in terms of anniversaries, birthdays, and holidays. So I have a lot to do for those. Um... And then I sat down and I, actually I did this before, I did this part before I did the important dates thing, um, was I wrote down a bucket list. Uh, yeah, you could call it Make 9 in 2024. I'm just calling it my bucket list for 2024. Um, I wrote down, I guess you could call them sections or topics, and then what I was hoping to accomplish in each of those topics for 2024. And we'll see what I do end up with. Now, may, keep in mind, this last year was a really hard year for me. I had those mommy, mommy thumb issues. I was very sick for most of the year. I was stressed out being a stay-at-home mom, also trying to find a job and finding a very specific job that would suit my circumstances. My circumstances being I am not willing to put my son in daycare, which means I then have to work from home. And uh, so we were on an extremely tight budget. I was stressed all the time. I was, my body felt like it had just betrayed me in how much pain I was in. Um, I was in a lot of tears from the pain throughout the year. And so I still knit or crocheted 28 major things during that year. Now, I am in a lot better physical shape now than I was then. I'm in a lot better emotional state. I'm in a lot better mental state. I have a very solid, secure job that I am extremely excited about that fits my schedule and my needs perfectly. So everything is just looking up better. So that should mean in my head that I should be able to, oh, I hate that word should. I potentially could accomplish a lot more this year than I have in previous years, uh, this last previous year. That being said, I also have to take into account that my job currently, um, you know, I work about, I don't know, I'd have to ask Mr. Radio, but it could be around 60 to 70 hours a week, but I don't think that that's going to always remain that way. I think it's going to change a little bit, but okay, I'm, de I'm devolving into uh, around the campfire, so let me get back on point here. In my bucket list for 2024, I entitled this Fill the Gap. And so there are some key pieces that I want to figure out. I want a hand-knit pullover, but I also want a crochet pullover, and I want at least one crochet cardigan for myself. The ideas that I had for that are, for a pullover for a crochet was the Scrappy Granny Tee. Already cast that on, so we're well on our way. We're almost done with it. For crocheted cardigans, I've got two options. Both of them are more either DK weight or worsted weight options. The Fields cardigan, um, I think I have the yarn for that. And I think, actually, I think that might even be in sport weight. Or I could finagle it to be crocheted in sport weight. And I do have that sport weight quantity of um, Brava Sport that my mom got me. That would be really cool with this. But then there's also the Magnus cardigan. 
and this is also crocheted, but it's, I think it's a worsted weight, I think, but you can get a kit uh, from Lion Brand for this, and I really love the kit options they have, but that is $54 for my size, which, I mean, come on, $54? <laughs> what I used to spend on yarn? Ah, nothing, but I am being very circumspect on what I spend. So I'm actually going to see if I can't use a coupon. Um, oh, wait, Lion Brand. That would, that would be on the Lion Brand website, so maybe I can't. But maybe I can recreate it on, like, the Joann's or the Michael's website and still use coupons. Eh, we'll see. Anyway, um, I didn't knit a single pair of socks last year because of my hands. This year, I think if I go ahead and I knit some colorwork socks that that might be easier on my hands. Typically color work is knit at a, a little bit looser gauge. It all depends, it all depends. But uh, the, the, the sock pattern I have in mind for this is the Drops Sleepy Sheep. The Drops website is another website I've been having a love affair with. So, you know, Barnett and Drops, amazing websites for free patterns. I, I think maybe Lion Brand too, I don't know. I'd have to take a look. As far as a knitted pullover, I have one pattern on my bucket list, and after what I've just said about Hohi Locatelli and the way she constructs sweaters, this is probably not going to be it. It's the Tourist Sweater by Hohi Locatelli. It is like a, uh, a hoodie sweatshirt, pullover sweatshirt, in knit form. It's even got the kangaroo pocket at the front. I mean, come on. However, I don't want to purchase the pattern and then see that she's knitting it in the same way as these other two sweaters that I've cast on of hers that I haven't liked. So I, it, I probably am not even going to take the chance. I'm probably just going to keep on looking to see what else I can find. That's something similar. But I love, love, love my um, hoodie sweatshirts. I look horrible in them. I don't care. I love them. They are so comfortable and make me feel so cozy. And so I'm, I want one that's hand knit. Um, under the topic of Jimmy, I've got a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I'm going to knit him the November Balaclava. I'm going to, oh, I finished one. Look, I need to update this because I knit, I wrote this down before I cast on the billy pants. So uh, check off the billy pants knit. So see, one thing already done. Obviously, every single year of his life, he gets at least one sweater or um, cardigan or pullover, whatever. Um, and then I'm going to try this year to knit him socks, but I'm not really positive on that. That one's got a question mark next to it. Definitely more hats, definitely more mittens. I also have been wondering about scarves for toddlers. Is that a safety hazard? I don't know. I just, I want to look more into it. Then, as far as shawls go, I just have two on my list for this year. The half Norwegian shawl was gifted to me um, by Martina Bame, was gifted to me this last fall, and I love it, and I want to knit it so bad. It would be such a comforting knit. And then for my mom, I wanted to knit her another scarf because she loves scarves, and I, she only really has the one from me, and it's kind of more of an heirloom piece type scarf. So I want her to feel like she has an everyday type scarf. So I saw the Reba scarf 
And that looked really my mom's style. It's got a little ruffle to it. My mom would love that because it kind of reminds you a little bit of lacy stuff. So yeah, I, I think the Reba scarf for my mom. And um, yeah, I'm not going to get into the other stuff. Okay. Then the next topic is kitchen. I hate, hate, hate the dishcloths that I have in my kitchen. I recently, within the last couple months, we went and we, I needed new wash dishcloths. So we were at Walmart and I just said, you know what, let's just get these. They're the same ones we had before. They'll work fine. They're just so cheap. They get discolored so quickly. They start to smell. And I am very care. I like hang them up so they dry out and everything, and they make my kitchen smell. I don't know what is going on with these wash dishcloths, but I hate them. So I need a minimum to crochet myself up a scrubby dish set for myself. But I'm also going to be on the hunt. Do I want to knit up dishcloths for for the kitchen, or do I want to just buy more expensive dishcloths? that maybe would be of better quality and things like that for the kitchen. I don't know. I'm still contemplating that one because cotton on in my hands is not very nice. So they hurt my hands a lot, but I, but I would rather knit myself some dishcloths to be honest. But also my question is, is are they as effective? But then my other question is, is why wouldn't they be as effective as dishcloths? Just got to knit them at a tighter gauge is my, pro is my thought process. I just don't want to be scrubbing on dishes and have my finger go through my cloth and then get like, say we're doing greasy stuff and then I get grease all under my fingernails. Ugh, ugh, I'm sorry. Ugh. I do a lot of hand washing as it is. I don't need it to be um, a grosser process. Um, on top of that, I also want to, there's this... <laughs> Old, I, I, maybe you think of it as grandma -y. I just think of it as super cute. Uh, my grandma used to have these in her, in her kitchen where they were hand cloths, but the top half of them were like crocheted and then they had a little tab with a button so that you could hook them onto your, you know, um, uh, uh, oven and button it in place so it wouldn't just fall off if you brushed up against it. And I've just been daydreaming of those for months now. Uh, especially now, though, because Jimmy thinks it's hilarious to come and grab all of my my hand towels out of the kitchen and fling them around the house. He just, he, I, I'm, seriously, right now I'm looking at four piles of them. So I'm constantly having to wash them because I have no idea if the ones that I'm finding around the house, are these from the dirty, diaper, uh, dirty hampers or are these from the kitchen and they were clean five minutes ago? I just don't know anymore. So I need to do that. Then the next topic is the bathroom. Um, I have, I have a rule. I do not wash my face with any chemicals. So about seven or so years ago, I got my hands on some Egyptian cotton, or is it Egyptian linen? I think it's Egyptian cotton, uh, hand washcloths. And they have never, they've, they've gone through the laundry and have gotten soap on them in that sense, but they have never had any like chemicals of any sort on them to then wash my face. And since I've done that, I used to have pretty uneven complexion, oily and dry skin. 
uh, in my face. I would have lots of pimples, especially around my hairline. I don't have any of that anymore. Like, I don't even really have blackheads on my nose. I know that's a problem for a lot of people. I don't have any of those problems anymore. But then my problem arises that these washcloths that I've had for seven years are getting pretty tatty. And so I want to replace them. Looking online, for the most part, the organic, oh, it's Turkish cotton, not Egyptian cotton, Turkish cotton. The organic Turkish cotton washcloths to the quality that I currently have are out of my price range. So then I started researching out about washcloths and researching out about the different properties of the different uh, fibers used. And actually what I came up with, which I was really surprised about, I maybe you know this and I am just learning this. I don't know, listeners, but apparently organic bamboo or maybe just bamboo period i'm not really sure has an antibacterial component to it it doesn't uh and and it's very very good as a product as far as like cleaning your skin because it doesn't just spread around germs and stuff uh it actually like well i don't know capture it or slough it off i don't know what but i have looked up (sighs) Finding organic bamboo yarn is not as easy as it might sound, especially because I want it 100% bamboo. I don't want it heavily dyed um, and all, all these little parameters around it. I think I have found the one that I want. It is $7 a skein, but I'm like, hey, I think that's a lot better in my price range than 80 something dollars it was for that washcloth I was looking at online. So I think I'm going to order from this one company. I can't remember what they are off the top of my head and give it a try. But I am going to knit myself up some new uh, washcloths for the, for the shower and cleaning myself. Okay, just a few more sections to go on this. Then I, for the next subject was slippers. Um, I wanted to crochet up slippers for my whole family for this Christmas for G- Mr. Radio Jim Bean and myself, but that didn't happen. So I put it on the list to happen this year. Uh, For myself, I am really liking the look of the Esque slippers. Uh, Those are knit, though, not crocheted. Uh, For Mr. Radio, um, he just has asked me for two things. He wants a new cowl, and he wants another hat. Um, he He doesn't ever wear the sweater I made him. Um, he wears the socks inside the house, but he says he feels pretty good about the socks he has. So he's just wanting a couple things just to tide him over. Um, he lost the cowl I made him. He's not really sure if he lost it or if he gave it to one of his friends who was ooing and awing over it. He can't remember. But he, So he's asked me to, to knit him up a new cowl, and um, he loves my hats that I make him. So he's I he wants a new hat. Then there's... Um, Charity knitting or crocheting, no idea what that looks like. My good friend, Farmstead Knits, I don't know how many years ago she did this, but she and a group of her friends knit and crocheted up a bunch of hats and then hung them from a tree and said free. And I think they put it in a place where a lot of homeless people or houseless people gather. And that was their point. They wanted those those people that demographic in particular to have access to these hats. And 
I don't know if they called it the giving tree, if I'm just thinking in my head it should be called that. Um, but I'm kind of, I'm loving that idea. Um, I've got a loom, a hat loom, and I could knit up, quote unquote, machine knit up a bunch of hats to go on a giving tree here in my hometown. And it would be very welcome to the houseless people. They are always struggling. We have so many deaths, even in the middle of summer, from exposure um, up here. And uh, yeah, that could be a way. Or I might choose to go with an organization that already has everything set up. I just don't know. I haven't really looked into it. Um, what in the world? Oh, I, I didn't spell something correctly and I couldn't read my own writing. Um, I'm also going to go back to my old, old desire to have a rug for my kitchen and my, um, my kitchen and my bathroom. I'm not going to crochet the rug this time out of old sheets. I think what I'm going to do is try the toothbrush method. If you want to know what that is, look it up on YouTube. Uh, toothbrush rug making, something like that. Take a Google at it. It's, it's beautiful, fascinating, and it's reminiscent of a mixture between knitting and crocheting in the end. And I have one of those needles in my staff, stash, a to, uh, what they would term a toothbrush needle. And so, um, yeah, I think I'm going to um, tear up some old sheets of mine and give that a whirl. But I don't know when that will happen this year. And I'm also not putting any pressure that it has to happen. And my last thing on my list for 2024 is I would really love to build a wooden chest that is only for... Um, hand knits and hand crocheted objects made with love objects. I really would love that. So I've really been thinking about how I can fill in all these gaps in my life and really be very mindful, purposeful in my making and creating this year. I don't, I don't have time in my life to make something just to make something. I am not in that stage of my life. I have been in that stage for many a year and it's been wonderful, but I'm no longer in that stage and I'm okay with it. It actually feels really good to have to be purposeful in my crocheting and knitting. I really discovered that this last year, like specifically making something to meet a need. Like my little boy needed a soft ball that he could throw around and not like break our TV or something. So I decided I'd crochet him up a ball <laughs> and he loves them. He plays with them every day. Um, uh, there was a need for um, dish scrubbers for my, mo for my mother-in-law. So I crocheted them up. There was um, not so much a need as a want for my son to have a coaster, uh, um, a sandwich bag with all the sandwich makings inside that I crocheted him up. And apparently a good friend of mine needed the exact same thing because I then proceeded to make her one too. Um, so I did it. And my son plays with it, maybe not every day, but he, I find him tr um, clutching one of the, like maybe the leaf of lettuce I crocheted up. He'll be cr clutching that in his hands. Um, just randomly throughout the week you know those kinds of, it just makes my heart feel so good um slippers hats these types of things that are useful um I just that's what I'm drawn to right now 
After that, uh, in my knitting and crocheting journal, I wrote down um, just the topic of Christmas 24, 2024. And it's blank after that. I don't know what I'm going to knit or crochet for Christmas next year, but I have a section for it. And then I have a section of just B days, birthdays. And the uh, I want to crochet up for every single one of my siblings a scrubby dishcloth set. And so I've got all of my siblings listed when their birthdays are, and the title is scrubby dishcloth set. So, yeah. And then after that, I go into the month which is January 2024. I'm just writing down the projects that I'm knitting or crocheting. So I have down my scrappy granny sweater or tee. I've got down my billy pants. I've got the start date for the granny and I just put in the finish date for the billy pants. And I'm just going to keep going. Uh, I'm, I'm marking down if they're knit or crochet. I'm not marking down any other notes, honestly, about what I am working on because everything else will be in Ravelry. But I got through with all of this, and I thought to myself, oh, man, I don't know if I want to have to handwrite this out every single year, what I just did. And so, <laughs> true to form, true to Emily form, I went down the rabbit hole of figuring out how to make a document of all of these things, liter uh, and, and some more, actually. Actually, I included a few other things in this document. And I made it into a PDF. I made two forms of the PDF. I made the knit and crochet journal as a fillable PDF form, meaning you can download this file and straight onto your phone and just start typing away in the different areas that I have marked as, as writable. And you don't even have to have an like an Acrobat or Adobe Reader or anything like that. You can do it. And then I made a regular um, a PDF for it. And I shared it with a few friends. And they loved it. Loved it. And so I guess I'm going to try and make it available to you guys. I don't know how I'm going to do that. If you're interested in it, email me at littlecabinetsak at gmail. And I'll send you the file. Because otherwise I don't know how to make it available for free. But it's a pretty hefty file. I mean, it's, I can't remember, is it 32 pages or 42 pages long? But I sure did have fun creating that. It's been a long time since I've done some um, uh, used uh, InDesign and created a, a, a booklet. Yeah, it was just so much fun. So that, my friends, is the ways that I'm thinking about 2024 and how I've kind of organized my brain. And I want to talk about organizing my brain in a future episode, but I don't know when that will be. So we'll see. But, um, yeah, filling in the gap for 2024. That's my creative theme for this year.